0: I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Niners do have a good defense. They'll slow Mahomes down, but I still think it's going to be a close game. And when you, when you talk about a close game like that, I'm going to take the best quarterback. And so I'm taking Mahomes, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I, I'm rooting for Andy Reed. I like that guy, and I want him to win this game.
1: Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and
2: Leland McRae.
0: Another week of the Yak Sports Podcast is back. We've had the Super Bowl. We've had NCAA basketball going on, and we're here to talk about that along with the local sports. Joe Deck is with me, and let's jump right into the local sports and talk about basketball. You know, draft has kind of solidified their hold on the boys' side of the Shenandoah District, uh, but still plenty of interesting things to play out here as we started seeing a picture of what these region standings look like uh, in 2B Um, East Rock is ahead of everybody, as you'd expect. But then you have Stewart's Draft and Buckingham kind of sitting right next to each other. And I think it'll be interesting to see how Buckingham slips into this region, just like we talked about back at football season. And I I think any team that's not in the Shenandoah district playing Stewart's Draft, it'll be an interesting matchup. Just the way Stewart's Draft style of running and gunning, it's going to be interesting to see how they do in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Buckingham does because they're the unknown. They're the team that our other teams in our area have never seen before. And we're not familiar with from past experiences of getting to know what they do, what they like to do. And we don't see them during the regular season. So it'll be interesting to see how Stewart's draft does. If they run into Buckingham in that region playoff, or if, you know, one of our teams like Stanton can get up to a six line or if Buffalo gap, you know, drops or whatever. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they get there. <sighs> to me, I, I watched Stewart's draft play this week. I saw them beat Buffalo gap. Buffalo gap was in that game. Uh, they hung with them a lot closer than I thought they were going to. Uh, and it just, what killed them was the turnovers. They, they, they had a lot of possessions where they just didn't get shots off. And that's, that is killer. Stewart's draft did not play their best game that night. They missed a lot of shots. Uh, they, Buffalo Gap just, like I said, they turned the ball over, and then there was a period in the third quarter where it seemed like Stewart's draft had three or four chances every time they went down the floor because Buffalo Gap just refused to get rebounds. So that those two things combining really set Buffalo Gap back and kind of cost them the game, in my opinion. But uh, it's, it's really just a race for second place and to be that, yeah. that team in the 2B championship in Region 2B because East Rock is better. They're going to be better. They're going to rock whoever they play in the region two B championship, and we'll see what happens when they get to the state playoffs. But right now, East Rock looks every bit of a team that could realistically be playing in the Siegel Center when it's all said and done, and be cutting down the nets.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's their 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 course here. That's their standard. I, I don't get that feeling from what Stuart Straff can do, but just making it to those state playoffs with a system like that, that you never know what can happen.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I'm surprised Stanton, they've lost three of the last four. I'm i I'm just surprised they don't have a little bit more than what, what they do this year. I just, I didn't expect that. I, I definitely in the preseason on this podcast talked about, you kind of always throw them in, in the consideration for winning the Shenandoah district, but I, I just don't see how that's going to happen this year. I know they you, you still got a little more season to play and, and things could change, but I, I, I think Search Draft has it. And I just don't even see Stanton really contending to to even really be that next best team. I mean, they've already lost to Buffalo Gap and, you know, they're splitting with other teams. And I, I'm just surprised that they just don't have more this year.
1: Uh, they might be able to beat Buffalo Gap, but I, I don't know. Again, I... we saw Buffalo Gap and Stanton lose to Fort Defiance this week. Fort Defiance had the week of their lives. Um they <laughs> they came into the week with no district wins. They were 0 and 4 and now they're 2 and 4. So they doubled their win total for the year. Uh so good for them. They they played great and that's good. Um but to me Stanton is just too Jekyll and Hyde. Buffalo Gap is Jekyll and Hyde. And Stewart straft is really the only team that in the Shenandoah district has looked consistent all year. So in my opinion, the Shenandoah district race is over. Stewart straft has won it. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what happens when the tournament comes around because one bad night could cost you the Shandoah District tournament. But I would be surprised if Sewer's Draft doesn't win just based on what we've seen throughout the regular season.
0: I think it's time for these teams to start looking good. These teams that we thought might be better than what they've shown. That includes Riverheads. That includes As I say, Stan, Riverheads includes... is a bit
1: concerning. That's the team that I would say has been the most, If if I. Were to look at a team and say the most disappointing so far, I would say Riverheads.
0: I'd say Wilson. My myself, I'd say Wilson. I thought no. Wilson was going to be pretty good this year. I, I, for some reason, I, I don't know why. I, I just I looked at what they had coming back. I thought I thought Wilson was going to be not two and four in the district at any point. So I thought wrong. And uh, so I think is that I mean it's prove it time for these teams. Riverheads and Stanton play on Friday. That's kind of the game I circled this week at being important. But any game that Riverhead Stanton or Wilson, in my mind, play this week, are important for them to win if they're going to start mm-hmm. turning it the right way. Because I just don't believe you can flip a switch once you get into February, you know, in the middle of February when these tournaments start. You've you got to have a little momentum going into those things. You've got to know how to win. And I don't think any of those teams have really proven that they know how to win and get into a game that, and, and, and win a game they have to. I agree. Girls' side – Uh, you know, Fort Defiance continues to be strong. I'm going to see them play tomorrow night against Riverheads. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. They're five and one in the district. Um, you know, they won all three games last week. They had a non-district against Broadway and, and I know Broadway's not, you know, not a state championship level. Like they, they've been in the recent past, but it's still a solid program up there. So it's a good win for Fort Defiance. But again, they're going to be in that region three C. So is Wilson. And it's, it's a tough region. Uh, Wilson girls kind of got it going. I've been waiting all season for this, but they finally won all three games in a week and, uh, you know, undefeated week. And so that's a good sign for them. Maybe they are peaking at the right time, but basically the top of that district did a lot of winning this week. And the the rest of the district didn't do a lot of winning. So uh, Riverheads is sick. They had to move a game uh, because of flu stuff. You hope they can rebound from that. Riverheads was that, you know, number one team in the district there for a couple weeks and, and really on a ride. I don't think they're going to get back to the top of the Shenandoah district, but you hope maybe it's more health issues this past week and you you can see a rebound next week. Um, But I'll be seeing them play Fort Defiance, So we'll get a good look at them tomorrow. And that's a game that can go either way. Being played at Riverheads, maybe you give Riverheads a little bit more of a shot, but Fort definitely coming in as the favorite.
1: Yeah. um, I would say Riverheads this week. I mean, I guess they're not mathematically out of it, but it felt like a real big body blow there for their chances losing to draft and Wilson. Um, both teams now having a game advantage over Riverheads Fort Defiance plays Riverheads and Draft, So, I mean, sure. Riverheads could hand. I mean, if Fort Defiance has a really bad week, then Fort Defiance could have three district losses when it, at the end of this week. But you just don't get the feeling that that's what's going to happen. You you kind of feel like they might split, but they probably won't get uh, lose both of those um, draft. Yeah, Harley
0: does a good job with that. I just would be surprised if, if Fort goes winless this way. I mean, I, I Right. I think at worst, kind of they split. I think Hartley does a good job out there. It keeps them grounded. They're always contending. So uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if they lost both.
1: I think it's the make or break week for draft. I think if draft wants to catch for it, you've got to win both this week.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. All right, let's move on to the big event that everybody we know we know everybody watched uh, on Sunday, the Super Bowl. I, it was a good game, and I, that's what we predicted. We both said we, we thought it would be a good game, and, and you had the Niners. I had the Chiefs, and it really could have gone either way. But it kind of – the point – I wanted Andy Reid to win, but I kind of made the point of the better quarterback, and that's why I went with the Chiefs. And in the end, in the fourth quarter, one quarterback made a bunch of plays, and the other one all of a sudden couldn't couldn't quite get the plays going that they needed to get. And uh, the 49ers had a 10-point lead. They couldn't run the clock out. They couldn't make it happen. The Chiefs' defense did good enough to get the ball back to their quarterback. And, and the Chiefs win, and uh, I liked it. I liked seeing Andy Reid win. I like Patrick Mahomes. I like watching him play – you know, when he's not playing the Steelers, I like watching him play. Uh, but uh, it was, I thought, a good Super Bowl uh, football-wise for sure.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a much better Super Bowl than last year's. I thought the game that was played was a better game played. Um, even though last year's was a one-possession game, I believe, it just it felt like a disaster in terms of the product that was being put out there. This was a good product. It was good offenses at times, good defenses at other times. And, and the Chiefs ended up winning. Patrick Mahomes was the better quarterback, you're right. Uh, I, I did feel like the 49ers had a bit of bad luck. I, everybody's jumping on Kyle Shanahan trying to pass on that play there in the second half in the fourth quarter instead of trying to run and maybe run out some more clock. One, that's a dumb point when the Chiefs score the go-ahead touchdown, I think with three and a half minutes left. Okay, so they run the ball there, and they take off another minute from themselves. I think that's a dumb point when the Chiefs scored with so much time on the clock anyway. But also on that play, if that pass doesn't get knocked down at the line of scrimmage, Kittle's got a first down, and they can run. They can keep running clock then. Um, because Kittle's open on that play, and that's where Garoppolo's going on that pass. But it gets knocked down at the line of scrimmage. So the Chiefs defensive lineman did what he was supposed to do. Sometimes, you know, a well-executed game plan can be disrupted by another player with a heads-up play, and that's what happened on that play. The only thing I would say that I kind of was – a head scratcher, and everybody has talked about this as well, is at the end of the first half. I didn't understand, one, letting the Chiefs run the clock out before they punted it, and then, two, running the ball until third down and then being like, okay, well, now we'll pass it. And, oh, yeah, now we almost have no time left. So uh they really put them in a bind. The offensive pass interference call was interesting. Uh, but, again, if you had use some timeouts earlier, you'd have more time to be able to overcome that rather than just have to sit on it. So that was the only thing I thought was a little mind boggling, but uh, overall I liked the game that was played and I thought it was a good game. And, you know, hats I, off to Andy I, Reed and the chiefs.
0: I think for the last two years, you have these young gun coaches in there that are really, you know, rising and then they, and both these coaches mm-hmm. uh, at LA and at San Francisco, they're going to, they're probably going to have more opportunities. So it's not, their story's not written yet, but it's interesting you think of anybody kind of the moment being too big for them. I think it's been these coaches. I think, you know, not deciding not to take those timeouts this year. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's on the head coach, you know, Mm -hmm. that he's the one running that right there. And whether someone in the headset's yelling at him, take time out or not, it's up to him. And uh, so I think moment a little too big for him in that spot. And he didn't make, make the right decisions. And uh, you know, they had a chance to overcome that. They still got the lead after that. And so that didn't write the entire game, but I think it's interesting how, that's kind of I would put it on those coaches that maybe the Super Bowl was too big for them before I would any player out of these last two years. Um, I'd say more so for the coaches. So I just think that's interesting. Um, how about the rest of the Super Bowl? I mean, I know your your hope wasn't up for ads this year. I'm glad you 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 uh, restrained yourself and didn't have the big hopes for the ads because they haven't been good for a decade plus. But did any ads catch your eye? Anything anything that made you laugh?
1: Um, the ones that made me laugh, I thought the one uh, tied and they ended up oh, uh, partnering with other people. The laundry one was kind of funny.
0: I, um, I'm the opposite there. I disagree. I got so tired of it.
1: Oh, I, I thought got, it was fine. I thought it like was kind of funny. second or
0: third one of them, I was already done.
1: I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the Bill Murray ad at the end was pretty good. Yeah. Um, And those are really the only ones that stick out that has stuck with me that made me laugh. The Google one was kind of touching, but um, of course, I guess you also have to think about Google's going to remember everything you say, so don't (laughs) say anything you don't want Google to remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, they already do it, so you don't need a commercial to remind me. I, it's just crazy. I, I swear I have verbal conversations with people, not on the phone, just in, in the, in a room. And then, when I get on my phone, I have ads for what I was talking about, so it can freak you out real quick. Um, I don't know. No, I, I actually, I think you hit on a lot of the ads that I was thinking about there. Um, I thought halftime. I think the uproar today is a little much. I think. Oh, who cares? Um, I, yeah, these just,
1: people get over it. I love the halftime show. I liked it a lot better than last year's. I thought last year's was not fun, and yeah, maybe that's and because I'm, I'm not, I'm not a Maroon Five upset. fan. But... No one
0: was too upset with Adam Levine running around shirtless. I think uh, we can handle some some uh, fringe and frills flopping about. Uh, that's not that big a deal. I, I will say, my daughter, my oldest daughter, was not paying any attention to the Super Bowl. She was playing, having a good time, doing other things uh, at where we were at. But of course, at halftime, in a different room, she sat there and watched the whole thing. So she, asked, yeah, did you guys watch halftime? We're like, did you? And I will say, in that moment, I was like. I just, I don't understand why stripper poles just have to come out all the time now. I just don't understand it. Like, let's, I mean, that's just a blatant indicator of adult entertainment. Let's let's just leave them alone when, at appropriate hours for the kids. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe it's bad parenting. Maybe I should have made sure she wasn't watching, but I just wasn't expecting that. But overall, I don't know I'm, what I'm, you
1: were expecting when Shakira and J Lo were announced. Then I was, just I, I didn't got expect, what I, I didn't expected. Expect
0: a pole. I didn't expect a stripper pole. Like <sighs> I did. That's not the first thing I think about. I mean, those are both professional uh, seniors who I don't believe I've other. I haven't seen J Lo's new movie where she plays a stripper. I guess she's using her what she's learned to her uh, to her advantage here. But I I just did. Yeah, I don't I don't think of them as strippers, so I didn't think a stripper pole would come out. But I mean, we watched a little bit of the Grammys of the night and change the channel real quick. Cause there's stripper poles on there too. In the eight o'clock hour. I just, I, I just, you know, I, I have one job as a dad and it's to keep her off the pole. So I just, it'd be nice if we just didn't have to see them every musical performance that exists. So,
1: yeah, I know you don't like Levitar, Um, but they talked about that today too. And um, <laughs> kind of like the rest of the nation got kind of introduced to Miami a little bit, but that was the tame version of Miami that wasn't even, that You're was like watered down.
0: Yeah, I know, no, no, I know. Man, because there was strippers in the outfield. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> but I guess my thing is like, I remember when I was in high school and stuff and Shakira was a big deal and J-Lo was a bigger deal. And I mean, the music videos, that's what they did in the music videos. So when those were announced, I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I guess that's what we're getting. And we, we got it. Um, the one thing that was kind of weird was like Shakira there at the end was getting, I mean, it was full on Shakira. And I was like, okay, as a single man, I was like, all right, I'm good. And, uh, but then Lo comes out and like has kids and you're like, oh, all right, this is 180 degrees. Uh, <laughs> so, kids
0: in cages. Um, Yeah, I, I did, um, I, I'm not boycotting the NFL. I'm not, i am just, I'm just saying I, I, could have done without a certain aspect overall. I'm not against it. It's fine. It is what it is. Uh, I, I'm the, I had no Twitter uproar about it. Live I didn't have a Twitter problem with flying. the music
1: either. I actually, like, that was kind of fun because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that those, these people did these songs. Like, that's cool. Like, when Shakira's announced, of course, Hips Don't Lie is the only song that really comes to my mind. And then the Waka Waka, uh, which was the Af- South Africa World Cup theme, which was the one at the yeah. end. Um, those are the two that I think of. And then she sang some other ones. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was her. And then J-Lo, I knew Let's Get Loud. And that was the only one that, if a gun to my head, that would have been the only one I could have come up with before the halftime show started so hearing I mean, the other ones i was like oh yeah
0: my twitter excitement centered around was it was the halftime show uh with shakira when she you know called out all hokies and she was loved Wah. it i mean i was like that <laughs> that was my favorite that was my favorite thing that's happened in the super bowl halftime in a long time it was so random and i know it's not in reference to virginia tech but it does sound like my impression of the hokie bird and and it was just like
1: it's a cultural thing yeah yeah um, my wife
0: my wife looked it up and right. a tweet and told her what it was. And that's great. And I'm going to use it because it, it makes me happy. Uh, but I loved it. I, I love that moment because it was just out of place and awkward and weird. Uh, and it's just going to probably now be like a staple of my celebrations. So great. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready on air on Friday nights in the fall when mm. someone does something good. That's what's coming. All right. All right. Let's jump over to NCAA basketball. I want to save a lot of the tech talk when, for when Steve's on. But they got a week here where they get they can get some wins. They've lost four out of five. Mm, Yeah. And we got game at Georgia Tech, which is winnable. And we got a game versus Boston College, which we thought at Boston College was winnable. and We didn't do it. So at home versus Boston College better be winnable. So I'm not counting them as wins, but it's an opportunity to rebound this week and kind of get headed back in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the tournament's done. I think you can stop the tournament yeah, talk. Yeah. Um, so for NIT talk... Get
0: some wins, though, for NIT, yeah. Yeah, for NIT talk,
1: <laughs> you kind of need to have a good week at Georgia Tech. Home against BC, Pitt, Miami, I think all three of those kind of need to be wins because then you're going to Duke. UVA's going to be tough. They look a little bit better than they had the previous couple weeks. Uh, and then you're at Louisville, which is going to definitely be a loss, and you have Clemson Notre Dame to close out. So I, I think that three-game three stretch there... Yeah, I think that three-game stretch there is probably all losses, and I think you need to kind of win the others. Uh, so it's it's a little bit disappointing based on how we started, but I think this is probably about where, at the beginning of the year, you and I felt like Virginia Tech was going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack, and that's where we so are. So we're
0: 5-6 and six in the ACC at, at February yeah, 1st. Yeah, we're a middle-of-the-pack so like, yeah, middle team yeah,
1: cool. in the conference, and that's what we are, and that's fine. Um I'm going to cut it Mike Young last. some slack. It's yeah, it's Mike Young's first year. Um, we'll talk about this uh, maybe later with Steve, but um, I, I like Mike Young. I, th- this week hasn't changed my opinion of Mike Young. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and and I still think he's the right guy for Virginia Tech. I just I hope Landers Notley stays. I hope he's not a one and done guy uh, because that would allow Mike Young to kind of get it, help get his feet under him in year two. One more year, but if he leaves, you know, so be it, and then you got to you got to plug somebody else in.
0: Seems like he could use another year. Uh, He's been UVA, quiet
1: in this stretch. I, I will say that. He's been very quiet in this stretch, which makes me think that, yeah, he could use another year.
0: UVA, they got a much-needed win against Florida State. Uh, they've, mm-hmm. they've really come up empty in a lot of big games this season. And that Florida State game was a big game, and they, and they needed it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think it's interesting to see with UVA getting that win against Florida State they have Clemson next. That's going to be a win. And then the big question is Louisville. Louisville looks really dynamite. I would say Florida state and Louisville have looked like the two best teams in the ACC all year. So they just picked off Florida state. Uh, If they can nail Louisville, then yeah, I think UVA is probably back in the tournament discussion. If they don't, they're, they're definitely still one of those bubble teams that they're going to need a good conference tournament to, to make it, uh, which is, they got really surprising.
0: They got Louisville twice down the stretch here and they got you got a split and i think they have some opportunities to get some some wins to get them right back in the mix and uh that's a team that people have been kind of writing out of the tournament for a while they can write themselves back in with some big wins and uh first chance this week against louisville uh jmu won a game and as you said and i agree that's the last game they're going to win this year. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be the last win Lewis Rowe gets as a head coach is JMU. I, if they retain him somehow, that would be the biggest mistake ever. And I think when you, they lost last week, um, at the end of last week, when they had lost to Charleston and the AD, Bourne, came out with a we're going to look at things at the end of the season – that's an indicator you're going to fire a guy. Yeah. And, uh, a translation I hope, I hope he follows through. I hope there's no way he can save his job. I hope he does not pull a Matt Brady and all of a sudden save his job somehow. Cause this guy's got to go.
1: Yeah. The, the email basically said there's still a month left in the regular season. And then there's the conference tournament. We hope to make a deep postseason run. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see what happens at we the end of the year. That. We'll evaluate at the end of the year. Translation. This guy's going to get canned. Um, the, I did laugh when I got to the part about, we hope to be playing in the postseason. And I was like, cool. I don't know what post unless they invent a new tournament called the everyone else tournament, uh, that doesn't get invited to the CBI. And it's just the other 100 teams that still don't have a tournament. Then I don't see JMU playing in any tournament of any kind. JMU doesn't belong in a YMCA tournament right now. So they're not good. Uh, I am not a believer of the narrative that goes around JMU, that this team has a lot of talent. I think this team has no talent. I think this team is a bunch of experienced, bad Division One basketball players. I think that's what they are. I think that's what they always will be. I think Lewis Rose not a good coach. When you hire a guy who at no point in his coaching career has participated in the NCAA tournament as an assistant, as a grad assistant, as anything, I think that's a problem. So I don't get why you hire that kind of guy. Uh, I don't personally. The next coach should have zero ties to James Madison University's basketball programs, unless it you somehow convince Kenny Brooks to coach the men's team. But I yeah, don't think Kenny Brooks back. is going to do that. So, um, I, I want him yeah, to have zero I, I, ties I'll, to this honestly, program. To that
0: point, I don't think I, it's not a better job to come coach Jamie Men than Jamie Men have in been to
1: the one ACC. tournament. Have been to one tournament in the last 26, 27 years, or something like that. Yeah. Um, Stay there,
0: coach Tech in the ACC, and make noise. And,
1: and I've said They're it before: noise the, the, at JMU. The, the one tournament that JMU's been to in that span was because the top two teams in the CAA got declared academically ineligible for the CAA tournament. So JMU got lucky as sin to get into that one. Otherwise, you are talking about like a almost a thirty year stretch where this team hasn't been in the tournament, and this is a this program's in shambles. You're, you're participating in the CAA. So it's hard enough to get people who actually care about sports to come if it's not football or, you know, soccer, they seem to be okay in, um, and women's lacrosse, women's softball. But, you know, you and I talked about this off the phone, so I'll go ahead and bring it, bring it now into this conversation. It comes back to me being in the CAA. You made your bed. You wanted to stay FCS and compete in a meaningless national championship in terms of dollars and cents compared to the actual game being played by FBS teams and FBS bowl games. That's where the money is. You chose to participate for a participation trophy, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. But then you have sunk the rest of your athletic program's abilities because you don't have the money to invest in those. And so now you're playing in a one-bid league in every other sport. And it kills you if you don't win the conference and you can't have that national prominence. Softball is a nationally ranked team. They are the only team in the CAA that will be in the NCAA tournament or the regionals. And they are going to get hurt when they – I know they play a tough non-conference schedule, and that's great. But then they play their conference schedule for so long there from the midpoint on – and then they have to immediately get ready to play better teams again in the postseason, and that hurts them. And you see it; they don't, they they aren't as good as these other teams. And you can see, even though they're ranked high and they get to host regionals and super regionals, you see them when they're playing these other teams; they're just not that level. And it's because they're not used to playing that competition week in week out. I'm not saying if you go to the MAC or the Sun Belt, like in those sports, it's drastically, you know, SEC ACC level talent. But it's better than the CAA. And if you don't believe that, then you are putting on some real heavy blinders just because you love being in the FCS for football. And to me, that's a dumb thing to want. I don't, if if you care about the athletic program at JMU, being in the CAA killed you when that decision comes up again, when conference expansion happens again, you need to make the move and Jeff Bourne needs to do that. Uh, to me, it's a dumb conversation to be having to say, we're exploring our options. You're not above the Sun Belt, JMU. The Sun Belt is right now. That is where you need to be. I, I hate this, you know, CAA is good enough argument. It's not. And I don't care about the FCS. I don't care about, in terms of competition, I, I, JMU is hurt more often than they are benefited from being in the CAA. And that's a long-winded way of saying, Jeff Bourne made a mistake when that opportunity came up last time. And I really hope that if he's still making decisions, when the next decision comes, that he has learned his lesson.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of the things it's, you said. It's there. hard
1: to get a head coach of any quality to come to the last place team in a one bid league for men's basketball. So, you know what? Best of luck when you hire that new coach, but Lewis Rowe yeah, can't be getting the guy. You're
0: coach though. You're going to be good at a stone coach. That's, that's what the CA is. Stepping stone oh, that's what it well. would be
1: even if they were in Conference USA or whatever. But, I mean, it, it's not – you get a better quality coach. You can pick up people as stepping stones and not, not be the stepping stone. Right now, you are the first stepping stone when it comes to men's
0: basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're nowhere up the list. That's, that's very true. Um, jumping back to ACC basketball talk real quick. The big story out of North Carolina all year, despite your and I's podcast – Cole Anthony being injured, being out. He's getting back in action now, right in time for them to play Florida State and Duke. So I think that's probably the most interesting (laughs) storyline. I think that's the most interesting storyline this week is seeing North Carolina with their biggest piece that has been missing back in action. I don't think they win either one of those games either way. But I do think uh, that's an interesting thing coming back here for ACC. As Roy will continue to coach him. All right, yeah, let's. He saved talk his job. About, good job. I want. I gotta go back and listen because I, I He won like three
1: games in a row. He saved his job. They're not gonna be last. You
0: predicted that they would be in the bottom two. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I think did. if I, I said that,
1: I think if I said that, it was just because I was fired up at that point and just really wanted to go after you.
0: But I can still make an opening out of it, so that'll be good. Um, XFL is starting. Do you yeah. care?
1: Yeah, I do. Let's go D.C. Defenders. Let's defend D.C. I,
0: I mean, I'll probably do what I do with the AFL or AA, what, what was AAF. it called last year? AAF. You know, last year, I, I mean, I watched the first game, and then I tried to watch another game, and that was about it. I'll give XFL. I'll be there. I'll try to watch some of the first game If it fits my schedule, I'll, I'll try to, I'm not going to move stuff around or have to be home. But as these opening weeks start, if there's a game on when I'm sitting here... I'll I'll watch it and see how it is. I'll give it a try. But I couldn't tell you too much about these D.C. defenders, but I'm going to be a fan of the local team. They uh, have a JMU
1: kid on the team, Abdullah.
0: Yeah, and I liked him at JMU. I know there's a couple of Hokies in the league. I think there's two on Houston and one on Tampa Bay or some version of what I just said. So I'll look out for those guys to do things. But I, I'm just not optimistic about this league. I just got done with the NFL season where I watched less professional football than I've ever watched. I just... I don't know, talking to Steve, um, setting up for the interview that we're about to have with him. I mean, he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about the XFL. I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm probably not going to watch much of it. Like, that's a bad sign. I mean, that's a guy that loves football. I know he does, and he doesn't even care. I think that's a bad sign. I, I don't know how this league – I'm just worried about this league making it.
1: I think they have enough rule changes that I'm interested in to see, um, and I want to see how it goes. i
0: get you tuning in for 10 weeks, though?
1: Yeah, it might. If it's good football. I think Oliver Luck's a good person to have running the league. I think he's gotten them great T V deals. I think they have a better T V deal than the AAF. I think they have it's true. It's partners true. that are committed to making this work. So I think I think it's not gonna be a mid season one collapse like the AAF. I think it I think it can go for multiple yeah. seasons. And I think it I think really the test for the XFL is get through that first year because I've talked about this I think on this podcast before, I know privately with you. I am very interested to see what happens when year one is over and they don't have Oliver Luck said this on uh, Levitar. They don't have that same agreement that the NFL does with the NCAA, where a kid has to be three years out of high school after his freshman year of college, if, and he's 18. If they want to, if he wants to play in the XFL, that's fine. Um, so I'm interested to see how many kids take two years of the XFL before jumping to the NFL because that could really improve their product and really help them, and it helps the kids.
0: So whatever interesting if that starts to be a thing. All right, let's get out here. Let's talk to Steve Cash in the B block. All right, in the B block we have Steve Cash because he won the Pickems for NFL this year and basically I just wanted a reason to have a buddy on here and the last time we had a buddy on here we we lost we lost listeners, and, uh, but that was Joe's buddy, so we're going to do better this time. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we can change the trend here a little bit. <laughs> All yeah. right, Cassius. Um, Super Bowl was last night. We watched it together. Um, I mean, I was rooting for the Chiefs, um, and I know they won. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't watch the end with you. What was your final thoughts on that game? Pick up where we left off. Well, I mean, essentially we left being with you guys
2: at towards the end of the third quarter, and – it looked like it was going in one direction. And by the time we got home, it had gone in the other direction totally. So, um, I mean, it just seems like Pat Mahomes just decided he was just going to change the game a little bit and just kind of took over. And you know, defense made some big plays. And it was nice to see some Hokies making some plays at the end of the game, too. So,
0: yeah. And I know I've already talked about this on the podcast, but the like, I mean, that's all I was doing in the house when that <laughs> happened. So speaking um, of that stuff uh everybody's going crazy about the halftime show uh, you're, you're a father to a young daughter what was uh your thoughts on the halftime show i mean you know
2: my daughter's two and a half so <laughs> it's not necessarily something i'm super concerned with at this moment um you know a couple people actually texted me about it today or like you know saw some stuff on the internet um I don't know. I feel like it's 2020. There's a lot of stuff out there that's, you know, probably wouldn't have gone over well in 1995. Um, but I think with the way pop culture is today, and the things that kids are exposed to, um, I think ultimately it just gives you a parenting moment. If you, if it is something that you, you're worried about. So
1: see, that's what, where I was watching the game. That's the joke I was making with the guys I was watching with. That was, was, you know, it's 2020. So we don't care, but I was like, how nervous do you think Roger Goodell is right now? Like, as soon as Shakira started coming out and started shaking, he is like, what's the structural integrity of that mm. outfit? <laughs> like, uh, to me, I was just waiting for, like, Roger Goodell to send, like, a team out there to just, like, shut the lights off.
0: and <laughs> <laughs> Hit the power cord. Yeah, shut it off, shut it off. I was <laughs> looking for like to come out there and make things even better. Oh, know? yeah. Wait. <laughs> that's, when the, that's when the sweat beads would have really popped out of his head <laughs>
2: well you know i teach middle school too so you know my perception what were of, those kids saying <laughs> they were probably unfazed to be honest with you between <laughs> social media and tiktok and the stuff they see out there every day i mean that was probably nothing for them
0: so you watch the super bowl and uh it's been a long time since you've been able to watch your team in the super bowl uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts on the Redskins' new head coach and the direction of that organization? I mean, as a Redskins fan, I mean you got to be excited a little
2: bit. I mean, there's there's minimal hope for Washington Redskins. Um, obviously, I talked to the buddy last night at, at um, the place where we were at, and he said he was talking about the town. Obviously, there's support for Washington sports. Um, you just got to put a better product on the field. And however, that's got to happen, I don't know what a better scenario was going to be other than Ron Rivera and to get Jack Del, Del Rio in uh, as a defensive coordinator. I mean, you know, you're just not going to win in that setting. Well, probably at all. but you know, in general, you're not going to have much success at all with a new coach and somebody that you're just taking a shot on. So to get somebody that's fairly proven, um, I mean, he went to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, these guys that have been around, they know what's, what's going on. And so get somebody in there that's established. I mean, you look at the historically what has happened over the last, what, 20 years in, in Washington, um, the coaches that had the most success, um, in those, in that setting was Mike Shanahan, and Joe Gibbs, both proven coaches. So you got to hope that we're on the, that same path again. And, you know, will they go to Super Bowl? Eh, I'm a Redskins fan, so probably not. But, um, you know, if, uh, if we could just put a better product on the field and have a chance. I mean, I think there's some talent there. I think they could, they could make some improvements. I,
0: I do so think – uh,
2: Sorry, To Leland. be fair
0: for the listeners, so they know the person you're talking to at, at my Super Bowl party, he was wearing a fi- uh, fire Dan Snyder shirt. So that, <laughs> that tells the mood of that conversation. So
1: I, I do want to say for the Redskin fans, and I, I want to ask Steve how he feels. To me, I know there's talk of maybe trading the number two pick trading down but to me when you have a guy that's going to be available at to like chase young it just doesn't make sense in my opinion to trade that out you saw what a dynamic pass rush can do for teams this year in the playoffs and when the 49ers were able to control patrick mahomes that was a big part of it so to me the people saying oh, we should trade down and try to get more first round picks i'm like no when you have a elite pass rusher that's going to be there You kind of need to take advantage of that, especially with the offense being what it is in Washington.
2: Yeah. And I mean, they've got some, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, they've got some some players that are getting up there in age. And so you do have to get some youth and some impact players there. But their their defensive line as a whole is actually pretty young and pretty talented. Um, There's some pieces there. So I would agree that they probably need to go ahead and draft him. Um, You know, if somebody you know, goes the normal Redskins way and overwhelms them with picks, you know, when they right. traded up RG3, something, you know, if somebody loses their mind and, you know, just starts throwing everything in the kitchen sink at them, then maybe you, you think about it. But especially if you only drop back, you know, a few picks, then maybe, maybe that's something you consider.
1: So in terms of baseball, Steve, what do you think about all this cheating stuff? We've had We've talked about this, it seems like, for a month now. But we want to get your opinion on it, too, because I know you're a baseball fan. What is your takeaway from the Astros? And uh, I guess, spoiler alert to the next question, you being a Red Sox fan, the Red Sox being involved?
2: My take on it was very different when I didn't think the Red Sox were involved. I mean, you know, when it was just the Astros, I was like, you know, let's go ahead and just drop the hammer here. But you know that it's the Red Sox,
0: you know, I, I, I do. we should know. we should make them come into work and, and do their job. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad they got rid of Cora. I'm glad they're cleaning it up. I'm a guy of integrity, so I want uh, I want my teams to have integrity, too, which is why, you know, I'm, I'd rather if you have. When all that fried chicken and, and beer stuff went down you know, several years back with the Red Sox, I wanted him to get rid of all those guys. Get rid of the, the guys that are being a cancer in the clubhouse. Um, so whoever's causing the issues with cheating, get them out. Let's clean it up and do it the right way.
1: Yeah. Um, so what do you think about David Price? Because to me, David Price is a guy that is a crazy person. And Chris Sale, also <laughs> a crazy person. And, but now David Price, Mookie Betts, these are guys being talked about being traded. Um, how do you feel about the direction of the Red Sox right now?
2: I've never been a huge fan of David price. Um, you know, I like my guys that can actually perform in big games and that's not really something he's proven he can do. Um, you know, he's had a couple moments where he stepped up a little bit, but you know, as a, as a whole, not really, um, so to get rid of him, you know, if you can get some stuff out of him, he's got a bigger contract. If you can get some players and get something for the future for him, I'm good with that. Betts is a little tough for me, um, only because I think he's a great guy. I think he's good for the city, um, but he is still in his peak. You could probably maximize the amount of value you get for him. And if the the organization is trying to get under the salary cap, which is a struggle, um, being the where they are, I just. I don't know. I'm torn on that whole situation. I'd like to see them find a way to keep him, um, but I don't think it's worth sacrificing the next, you know, five to 10 years. You know, when, he, when they threw out a $300 million contract and he shot back with four hundred, you know, a, a 12-year, $420 million contract, uh, that just seems a little excessive. So, you know, if there was something in the middle of those that we could compromise with and not um, compromise the future, the extended future of the organization, then go for it.
0: All right. Now I'm jumping over to, to the wheelhouse here. What you and I talk about the most, because it's where our fandoms agree. The Hokies. Uh, Let's talk football first. Mm. Joe, every week calls for Fuente's head. Uh, (laughs) Every, every, everything that happens in the off season is a sign that Fuente is terrible. Most things that happen during the regular season, somehow, even when we're on winning streaks, somehow we turn into good. And he likes to just rail on Ryan Willis, even though he hasn't played in a football game in months. Uh, where, yeah, are you sitting on the, where are you sitting on the whole Fuente thing? Um, obviously, it looked bad early, but then things came around. I have my standpoint that I've said on the podcast for a couple of weeks. But where, where are you kind of standing on your outlook with the leadership of this football team? Uh, I'm excited about the
2: youth that they're bringing in. Uh, I'm excited about Hamilton and, um, you know, all the young guys. It seems like recruiting-wise, you follow everything on Twitter. Um, It looks like they're getting out there and trying to get these guys. Um, As far as Fuente goes, I don't know. I've been all over the place with him. There's been times where I love him, and there's times where I hate him. Um, And it's not really always dictated by wins and losses, that feeling. Um, But having said that, I mean – if if Jerry Kill was the reason we turned around the season last year because we brought him in, I mean, you almost have to give credit to Fuente for making that decision to bring him in. I mean, self-reflection and being able to to figure out where your flaws are and how you can hide them, that's what the name of the game is probably. Find somebody that does things – that do things better than you and surround yourself with people that do it better than you.
0: What's your over-under this – like? What, what win total does he have to get this year for you to have satisfaction with the continuance of his employment? Uh, looking at that schedule, uh, I
2: mean, I think anything less than seven or eight wins is the failure. That's low for us. Low. I'm, I'm like mean, 10 or out. I'm 10 uh,
0: or out.
2: I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, I think if he gets to eight – he's not necessarily on the hot seat immediately but i think it's moving in that direction um i think if he gets to 9 or 10 he's good to go for another few years
0: i mean i think 9 I, i'm probably not calling for his head but like i want to move forward i'm not if I'm it's 9 in a coastal tread and water at best
1: it's got to be 9 in coastal if it's 9 and we don't win the coastal i'm going to be hot
0: Hold on, let me pull up the schedule real fast. I'm sorry to. I mean, Penn State just, is the early loss. That Penn State would, is the we'll yeah. That's accept, the game we lose. We'll accept in life. <laughs> yeah, and then we're only yeah. allowing our. I'm only allowing another eight, one, one other ACC loss.
2: Okay, so when you're saying when you're saying nine or ten, are you including the um, FCS teams as well in that? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, I could get on board with that. I mean, you're, yeah. I wanted eight or nine this year and then we lost a Duke and I was, I mean, I gave up on that and then we still made a push for it. And so I, I kind of calmed down a little bit and mean, you know, I, we, we were talking, but like I, at this point, I mean, I'm saying 10 or bust, but a nine and we win the coastal, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to be crazy. Yeah. We're not firing a coach after going to the championship game for the conference.
2: Right. No. Well, and that's real. That's realistic. What it's going to come down to. I mean, could we win eight and still get to the conference championship? It's possible. I mean, look what happened this year. It was Christ. just chaos at the end of the year. If we only I, win. I eight. just hope
0: the coastal's not that weak this year. I hope it's not terrible again. I hope it's getting better. UNC's supposed to be better. Miami really only has one way to go. We should we better be better for my sanity. I- <laughs> well, but realistically,
2: Miami's got a better team than us. I mean, they they have better players. They just have a mess on the field all the time. And I mean it's coaching. And culture, and all those things that you hear about with Miami football that is that they're lacking now. They did, did I dream this? They just brought in Ed Reed as in some no, capacity, right.
1: yeah. He's uh, I forget what his title is, but he's some kind of like advisor or hype long man long for the staff video, or something, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well. But I think it's, you know bringing that guy in is only going to help things for them. I
1: think he's I'm supposed to be. I, I think he's supposed to be between the AD and the head coach. He is, okay. Between that power structure, he is between those two.
0: But that's yeah. the thing, though. I mean, you talk about these other teams getting better. I mean, I, I brought it up. I I I'm not against the other teams getting better. I expect us to get better and and be that much and be better than those good teams. Like you know, Clemson's rooting for the ACC to get better, so they don't have to put up with this conversation that their schedule is so weak and they want a weak conference. I mean. We should all want a better conference. I should just – I just get tired of the argument that, like, you're recruiting to Blacksburg and, and you have these disadvantages in Blacksburg. I watch this program recruit great and go to ACC championships year after year. I'm not saying we have to go to eight of ten ACC championships. Well, we should compete for ACC championships year in, year out. And other than his first year, I, I don't know. It just – we've been going the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean –
2: I I just feel like, well, first we could cough it up to, well, it's not his players for his system. I'm not really sure he necessarily recruits to his system, to be honest with you, because I'm not sure exactly sometimes he even knows what exactly his system is.
0: And as um, Joe would say, if he's starting Ryan Willis, yeah, he doesn't know what a system is.
2: Right. I mean,
0: it's hard to argue with that, but
2: I just, I don't know. I, I think the turnaround we had last year, the players we have, um, I don't know. I think if you get the 2020 class is not going to be great, but I think they've actually made some strides here at the very end and pulled some guys in Um, the guy we just got the other day, the receiver, um, you know, these guys are, are guys who are going to come in and especially at receiver. I mean, they could have the chance to get on the field this year as true freshmen. So, um, you know, you get those guys in, but I think ultimately like, fully securing that class of 2021 is going to be the thing that makes or breaks the future of Virginia tech football. You know, if you get, um, you get these Texas guys in here and they start making, making plays and doing things. I mean, I don't really see those players being guys that are going to sit on the bench for long with what they're, what, or at least what they're expecting. And with the transfer portal, we need them to get on the field and we need them to contribute and be what we think they are right now.
1: Yeah. Uh... I hear what you're saying. I hope you're right. I, when I saw, and I know it's been poo-pooed by the pro Virginia Tech Twitter crowd of, you know, oh, well, these recruiting websites don't know what they're talking about. We're ranked last in the ACC in recruiting. I I don't care what recruiting website you're looking at. If Duke is ahead of us in recruiting, that's a problem. If Georgia Tech's ahead of us, that's a problem. If Pitt's ahead of us, that's a problem. If UVA's ahead of you, that's a problem. So uh, I, I do w- – like you said, I do worry about that. I know we got that wide receiver, which is great. Um, but I, I've told Leland this: I worry about those Texas kids because they're you know one or two years away from even coming to Virginia Tech. I I worry about them being those guys that say, "Yeah, we're coming to Tech," and then on signing day, go, uh, "Actually, I'm going to go to Baylor, or I'm going to go to TCU, or Texas, or wherever."
2: Yeah. Well, Davis at least seems like he's fully committed. I mean, people keep saying things to him and poking at him on Twitter, and he just shoots right back, and he just seems like he's fully committed. So I think if we can keep him, um, you know, I think he's going to be a difference maker in the recruiting process as well. Um, I just – I think we got ourselves in a bind when we had so many scholarships and so little scholarships available for this class for 2020 – um, and then all the the jumping into the transfer portal, which, would, I mean, some of those guys could come back, I guess, but um, nothing's for sure if they don't get offers from schools they want. I mean, even the Hazleton going to Missouri seems like an odd decision. And most people could cough, like if originally we were coughing it all up to these guys going to the transfer portal Portal are. Just not going to see the field. and not getting the playing time they deserve. But Hazelton was our number one receiver, and he was, he was a starter. Potential NFL pick in the future. Maybe not a high draft pick, but still. But to go to Missouri where there's not a proven quarterback, you know, first if he would, had gone to North Carolina with Sam Howe or somebody like that that, you know, was a gunslinger, then maybe you could have understood, you know, maybe Hooker's uh, game is not exactly beneficial for Hazleton's stock in the draft if that's his ultimate goal. Um, you know, just red flags like that that go up. I don't know. It just worries me a little bit. Um, but I feel like I go back to, and I know he's not there anymore, but I go back to Bud Foster. We had so much success with Bud Foster, and I think if there was an issue that was being h- hidden, he wouldn't have hung around as long as he as he did.
0: Let's go to the other tech sport that we talk about here. And it it's kind of the opposite world. We've had a bad Two and a half weeks. The last five games, we haven't looked great. We have one win out of the lows last five. But no one's jumping ship. I mean, we're probably overachieving as it was, but I mean everybody likes Coach Young. And what I come back to with that, and I, I I've I said it on Twitter this week, I've said it before, is just that I think it's just the personality that you get from this coach, and he's so likable and so engaging that like our fan base allows him to fail without jumping all over him. And uh, Fuente is so pushes everybody away, we're quick to to just bash him. But um, talk about how much you love Mike Young. You're not allowed to say anything <laughs> different. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be
2: honest. We just talked about with football how hard it is to recruit to Blacksburg. And the issue is we were spoiled for years with Frank Beamer. And I know I'm talking about football again. But yeah. the point of it is Frank Beamer was invested in Virginia Tech. And, you know, as great as buzz was and the success that he had, Buzz Williams was not a Virginia Tech guy. Buzz was, Williams was never going to stay there long term. Um, and Mike Young went to Radford. He's not going to go to Radford to get back home again because that would be, you know, <laughs> no offense to Radford, but it's it's a downgrade in position. So he is home and he's in the best position he can possibly be in uh, for that. So he's going to stay, and we just got to hope that this isn't a flash in the pan. And he can continue to do this once he has his players for multiple years, and he's not just doing this with three freshmen and people that have reclassified and should be high school seniors.
0: Yeah, I got, I got nothing. I, 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 I love I,
1: his take there. I, I agree.
0: Yeah, I'm very optimistic about basketball, even even with the bad two weeks. So, all
2: and right, let's get.
0: That's the thing. Oh about, like,
2: yeah, just super likable. I mean, you know, you, you watch him in the press conferences. The media loves him, like you said. Um, he just seems like a good person. And I feel like that's kind of who we are as Hokies. Um, like, we just try to do things the right way um, and 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 create a culture of positivity. And I think that's exactly what he's brought in in his first year. And all these young kids have bought in. And, yeah, we had success early, and we've had a rough couple of weeks. But these kids are are playing are still playing hard and they haven't given up. And I think that's a testament to like his leadership and the kind of the philosophy he brings to Blacksburg.
1: I, I think also to kind of what Leland said and to advance it a little bit, when Virginia Tech has had these rough weeks and during the basketball season. I don't see Mike Young making excuses. I don't see him leaning on, you know, narratives that are even being pitched to him, like, oh, is this because you have a young team? He's like, no, these kids have played, you know, half a season now. Yeah. They need to be able to play. Like, he's not yeah. saying, oh, this is okay, or well, this happens, or we're just not good enough to play these guys. Like, we're hearing when Fuente loses, like when we got shellacked by Duke at home. He's like, well, we can't compete with a team like that. And I'm like, well, then you shouldn't be here. So, I mean, right. uh, that's the other difference. There is you have one guy who wants to be held accountable and wants this team to do. As good as they looked at the beginning of the year when they beat Michigan State, and people were like, oh, maybe this is a tournament team. He wants to be at that level. And whereas Fuente's like, oh, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here, kind of. And it's, I think that's another reason you have the two narratives with those two coaches.
2: Well, I also think Fuente is, you know, as much as if he is successful, you know, for this whole dabbling with Baylor situation. It shows he's not in it for forever, no matter what happens. Oh, and so um, he is trying to build the Justin Fuente brand, whereas Mike Young is trying to build the Virginia Tech basketball brand. And that's that's a, just a different approach. And so when you have a bad game, you, you're not publicly accepting the blame as Justin Fuente because you don't want the brand to, be, to take a hit, whereas you're going to take it as Mike Young because you would rather have the heat be on you versus a reflection of Virginia Tech basketball.
0: Nice. Well, well said there. All right, let's get you out of here. Uh, we always ask our guests on the podcast, binge watching recommendations, watching something on TV or Netflix. Um, you can go with what's what's recent for you or, you know, one of your all timers. What, what should our listeners be watching? Uh, well, we are
2: in episode six or seven of The Morning Show. So we got a few more to go in that. It's good. It's it has like some hints of newsroom nice. to it. And uh, did you guys watch it? Have you seen it? I have. We haven't.
1: I don't even know what this is. It's
2: the morning show. It's on Apple it's TV. On-
1: oh well, I don't have Apple TV. So yeah.
2: well, you're, you're <laughs> trial. You just got to watch it quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. Um, during the whole Me Too movement and all okay. that, it's it's good. It's strong. It's but it definitely has. Some hints of newsroom, um, kind of a feel of that. It's good. Um, and then we are in episode, we're about to start episode three of Cheer. It's, it's fine. I, I First episode, I wasn't thrilled with. Second episode, I got more into. But people that have watched it all the way through are saying that it's great. So um, we're just going to keep going.
0: I mean, it's good. It's not great. I talked about it last week. Good, not great. Uh, we, I, we talked about it last week. I, I just like some of the characters. Jerry is like the man. Oh, and yeah. then, and then see like some of these background stories. Like even on some some of the people that like, you're only on episode three. You might not like them as much, but then like seeing their background story might like help you at least like care about them more. Maybe maybe not like them, but at least root for them. So right when it has like
2: some hints of two a days that used to be on MTV back in the yeah, day, like that. <laughs> so and, and yeah, nobody, it's
0: it's even, more two a days than it is QB one. That's, that's right for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for uh, beating our butts and pick Uh, You know, the, the pick them champion of the Yack Sports podcast to go along <laughs> with your, you know, teacher of the year accolades. So uh, we're <laughs> glad to have you on this this week. Uh, I'll welcome my trophy whenever uh, you want to
2: give it to me. <laughs> uh, I'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> let's get out of
0: here and we'll be back with the D-Blog. Block. right. Thanks, guys. all right d block time where we talk about us a little bit thanks again there to steve cash coming on winner of the pickums for nfl this year uh the, la- the last group of pickums it was basically who just picked games all year oh uh, that was the top four or five people um yeah but, uh, i, I he, forgot he about won, it and, and he was leading early so it wasn't just uh um that he hang, hung on the longest he was making good picks all year so um Thanks for him coming on and uh, we'll get him back on sometime. Cause that, that was awesome. Yeah. All right. What is dominating my life? I'll jump in first. I really enjoying the Disney plus app with the kids because it's giving me an opportunity to go back and catch some of these movies that I either haven't seen for a long time or just kind of missed. And uh, the one that I watched that I'd always kind of made fun of the movie. And I guess I just never really saw the whole thing, but Ratatouille, that's not a bad movie. Like that's, that's a decent effort for Pixar and, and a Disney movie. Like, um, the a lot of good humor in it, and um, you know it's not as good as what I would have said for um, Inside Out or either some of the other Disney movies like Moana, the ones I really like. But I thought it was a good, solid movie, and I think it must it came out when I was in college or whatever. So I just kind of had missed it. That's a solid movie, but that and others that I've been able to catch up on, and some old school movies, Homeward Bound, and uh, just some old movies that came out when I was a kid that my kids can watch now and enjoy anything with a dog or anything with a dog in it. My kids are going to watch. So, um, but I, I, it's a good plus for Disney, uh, a good plus for Disney plus, uh, that that has all that stuff on there that you can watch. So I I just was kind of been dominating, uh, these weekends with less being less football. We just kind of have some movies running on while the kids are playing and while we're doing stuff around the house. And it's, it's been enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Um, I have, since the Mandalorian in it, I haven't really been on Disney plus I need to, or I need to cancel it one or the other, um, which I'm not going to cancel it. Cause now I have ESPN plus and Hulu through that bundle. So I just need to find something on there to watch, I guess, while I'm waiting for Mandalorian season two.
0: Yeah. Go re- revisit the vault, man.
1: Yeah. I've <laughs> no, I, when it first, when I first got it, I did go into the vault. Some I watched 101 Dalmatians, which I hadn't seen in, you know, gosh, years, decades. Um, and that was fun. Um, yeah. I, the, I know that the, the new Aladdin is on there now, and I haven't seen that yet, so yeah. I need to watch new that. New Lion
0: King, too. I know you love that one I've so seen that much. one.
1: It was okay. <laughs> it was all right. It was, it was okay. If you all haven't right, seen it, maybe you do, but I, I wouldn't watch it again.
0: What's dominating your life?
1: Uh, well, John Leonard uh, talked about it when he was on here a few weeks ago, or maybe it was even last week. Um, it was two weeks ago. We had Cody on last week having an uh, out loud conversation that's in my head right now. But um, yeah, he recommended Watchmen. I finally got around to watching it this weekend. And um, I learned some American history there in the first scene. Uh, it's a, it's an intense scene. Uh, put the kids to bed, definitely. Uh, but uh, there was, uh, you know, it opens up in Tulsa 1921 with, and you know, racial violence, uh, a bunch of white people attacking basically black businesses and black people that live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because they were successful. Um, and I never knew that happened. It's the largest act of racial violence in American history. And I had no idea that it ever happened when that scene was over. I paused it and immediately got on my phone and Googled Tulsa 1921 and read about it. And I was like, how have I made it this far? I, I consider myself a pretty big history buff. And I was like, how did I make it this far without hearing about this? This is a huge piece of American history. Um, I mean, I've taken history classes all through, you know, obviously elementary through high school. But then even in college, I took some U.S. history classes, and this was never covered. So just really surprised to never have heard that before. Uh, That being said, I'm two episodes in right now to the series Watchmen, and uh, it's pretty good. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season one and um, seeing how it ends.
0: Interesting. Might might have to keep that in mind down the road here. What is something you know that I need to know?
1: Well, Leland, we got a couple weeks. more
0: soccer works.
1: Yep, we got a couple more weeks before the Champions League picks up. And with Liverpool already having the Premier League in the bag after Man City lost 2-0 to Tottenham on Super Bowl Sunday, which was the best thing to happen all Sunday. Uh, and Liverpool won against Southampton convincingly 4-0 on Saturday. That creates a 22-point gap between Liverpool and Man City. Liverpool needs 6 more wins to win the English Premier League and the season doesn't end until the end of April and obviously we're at the beginning of February so it feels great. Um anyway, the Champions League will be starting February 18th where you guessed it Liverpool is into the round of 16. Their round of 16 fixtures against Atletico Madrid, one of the top teams in Spain. I do like Liverpool's chances to beat Atletico Madrid. Um Liverpool hasn't lost all season in terms of the English Premier League. They have done pretty well in the Champions League as well. I'm not saying they're going to win the Champions League. I'm not saying they're even going to run the table in the English Premier League and never lose. It's just hard to predict when that's going to happen just because this team has played so well. Um I do think they beat Atletico Madrid. Other fixtures in the Champions League. Borussia Dortmund, one of the top teams in Germany plays the top team in France in PSG. I like Borussia Dortmund to take out PSG. Um, so at Atalanta, a team in Italy, will play another team in Spain, Valencia. That could go either way. I like Atalanta. I hope they win. Um, they're a fun team to watch. Tottenham Hotspur plays RB Leipzig. Tottenham Hotspur is coached by Jose Mourinho, who, if you're a soccer fan, is a certified crazy person. Um, but
0: Does he bite people?
1: No, he's a coach. Um he wins a He's won a lot of trophies in the past, but he plays a very boring style of soccer and he's a crazy person. And he's one of those coaches, kind of like a Justin Fuente in the sense that he likes to blame everybody but himself when things don't go right. Um, I do think RB Leipzig will take out Tottenham Hotspur. I don't think we'll be talking about them too much longer. So that's half of the round of 16. Moving to the other half, Chelsea plays Bayern Munich. Chelsea will get outed by Bayern Munich. Napoli plays Barcelona. I do think Barcelona beats Napoli. Lyon, they'll play Juventus. uh, Leo Messi, uh, which is a name even not soccer people might recognize, he plays for Barcelona. Cristiano Ronaldo used to play for Real Madrid. Now he plays for Juventus in Italy. They will beat Lyon. And Real Madrid, his former club, plays Manchester City, and Manchester City will mop the floor with Real Madrid. So that's how your round of 16 will go in case you don't get to watch it because it is on in the middle of the day on Tuesdays and Wednesdays.
0: So back to Premier League. Yep. There's no like Super Bowl of Premier League. There's no playoffs of nope. Premier League.
1: Nope. So um, it's
0: like old school NASCAR. You yep. can just get up enough in points and you just coast it out and win.
1: Yep. Uh, all European soccer leagues uh, determine their champion in the top flight uh, because they also have this thing called promotion and relegation. So the top flight is the top league in that country. Yeah. Nobody has a playoff. It is regular season. Everybody plays everybody twice. And at the end, whoever has the most points uh, and you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, whoever has the most points wins the league. Uh, So
0: is there like a moment of celebration? Like, do they do it at the last game or do they do it when they clinch?
1: Um, I believe it's when it's it's clinched. They will have a celebration uh, with the trophy and um, it's going to be great. Liverpool's going to win the trophy for the first time since it's been the premier league. It'll be their first top flight title in 29 years. So almost my entire lifetime, um, which is cool. Not that I've been watching Liverpool my whole life. English premier league has really only been available on TV in the U S for not that long. Uh, and I, of course I've been a fan I've gotten into the English premier league for three or four years. Um, so, but it's cool that they're going to win. Uh, but they, they have a, t- they have a saying in Europe in these leagues you know, they the best team always wins, and they say table the table doesn't lie, and that means everybody plays everybody, and at the end, the best team wins. So, like in the NFL, for instance, some might say the Ravens were the best team all year. Ravens didn't win the Super Bowl. They got they played a playoff, got knocked out. Um, the Patriots the year they went undefeated. They were the best team in the NFL that year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. So that that's the argument against a playoff. I mean, personally, it's never going to change here in America. We have our playoffs. They make a lot of money on those playoffs. I get why they have them. I get why they keep them. In Europe, they have so many other tournaments and competitions that these teams what participate was that that in. We came to That's your never going to be a watched. thing. That was the Champions League. That is a tournament, it is a knockout style tournament. So they have, why
0: don't they just have a tournament at the end of the Premier League, like even a small one?
1: Well, what's the point? They have tournaments in the middle of the year for the English teams. They call them the FA Cup, and now it's the Carabao Cup. Um, so they have plenty of competitions that are like playoffs and tournaments.
0: Do they sit guys like after they clinched premier league? Are they just going to sit guys?
1: Probably not. Um, because for the club, that is the end all be all. I mean, depending on if Liverpool's still running in the champions league, they might. Um, I know in the FA cup, Liverpool is sitting people. They have a replay tomorrow against Shrewsbury, uh, that they had a draw with, uh, last weekend which is not great because Shrewsbury has no business being in the game with us, even with our backups, but um, we're playing our youth team. So it's the 23 and under team. Uh, And that's caused a big stir in England because Liverpool is basically disrespecting how these British people feel. They feel like Liverpool is disrespecting this tournament that has a lot of prestige over there. But Jurgen Klopp's point is this replay is being played in the middle of their break. The Premier League asks teams to not play players in the middle of their winter break. And he also has a Champions League and a Premier League to win. So for him, the FA Cup is secondary right now. And so he has chosen to play a youth team uh, and, and not play the the main guys, which is interesting. Hmm. We still might Interest- be Shrewsbury with it, the youth team.
0: Interesting is a strong word, but that's fine. Let's go to what's dominating. Or no, what is yeah. I know that you need to know. And that's the Oscars happen this week. And usually I get excited about the Oscars um, because usually I've seen at least, you know, one or two of the best film nominees. But I've just been out of the loop on movies this year. I really haven't seen them. There's even some that are at my fingertips on Netflix. The Irishman and The Marriage Story that mm. are both ones. I think Parasite 2 are on streamable. And I, I haven't watched any of them. And I'm not going to. Um, so I don't even know what I'm rooting for in that, but I know I'll still watch the Oscars to see, um, I don't know. There's certain a- actors and stuff. I think the- those lists for best actor and best supporting and, and best actress and best supporting actor and actresses, a lot of ones that I've liked in other past films that I'll root for. And I think Tom Hanks is on best supporting actor and, you know, you always got to root for Tom Hanks. Uh, so, uh, that's, I guess what I'll be doing and, and watching some of that. I, I do, watch that behind I know everybody likes to get on Twitter and talk about the Oscars it's happening I don't I guess I don't care enough for that but I don't know I still still watch it even though I haven't seen a lot of these movies and uh, probably catch up on a lot of these movies in the next year or two
1: yeah I never watch these things uh, these award shows are just they've never been for me I've never been super into them so this year will just be another year where I don't watch the Oscars and I'm okay
0: well Well, now it was something I needed to know, I guess.
1: Yeah. But that will do it for us now that you know my lack of excitement for the Oscars and Leland's (laughs) lack of excitement for soccer. uh, We would ask that you please subscribe. If you're still listening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify so you can hear us talk about stuff that you are interested in, hopefully, like the college, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. And of course your high school sports here in Augusta County. You can tweet us, follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. You can Facebook us and follow us on there at Yak Sports Pod, or you can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Be sure to comment. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions, something we haven't talked about or something that we did talk about that you have a different opinion or you have a question on our take on something, feel free to reach out to us on there. We would be happy to interact with you and let you know. Uh, And as always, tell your friends and share the episode so more people can... Here are our takes on what's going on around Augusta County. Obviously, as the basketball seasons start to wind down here in the next few weeks and we get into postseason play, we will be watching boys and girls. We'll also try to get some wrestling updates in here as well as time allows. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that. Again, for Leland, I'm Joe Deck. Thanks for listening to Yak Sports Podcast, and we'll be back next week.
2: You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.